Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. God's closed the door in your life. Don't be mad at God. God is showing you where he wants you to go. It also doesn't mean that door will be closed forever. Sometimes God temporary closes doors. He won't give you more than you can handle. And friends, I think that's important. I, I, I can get overloaded. Have you ever been uh, uh, stressed out? You know what causes stress? Trying to do or have something bigger than you are. Trying to do more than you're capable of doing. That's why we get stressed. So God meters to us what he wants us to do. And again, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It isn't I'm this burden I carry for God. No, 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 no. He puts a yoke on us not to hold us down, but that we would be about and we would be guided in what God wants us to do. Now let's go to verse 16, where we left off last week. A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. Now I can just see the disciples going, huh? A little while you'll see me and then you won't see me. And then you what, what are you talking about? Then some of the disciples said among themselves, what is this thing he says to us? A little while you will uh, not see me. Again, a little while and you will see me because I go to my father. What is he talking about? I like this. These are God's A-team. These are God's closest. These are Jesus's closest friends. And they didn't always get what he was saying. Now that should make all of us feel real good. Because here's why. God has not called me to understand everything Jesus says. But God has called me to be the obedient to what I know. Now, in time, you'll understand it. You know, have you ever, have you ever seen that where, where uh, uh, in, in time God reveals what happens? You, you, you prayed about a job and you didn't get that job. And then you know somebody that did get it instead of you only to find out that it was not a good job at all. That's the way God works. We can get initially angry at what God does. I, I always use the illustration and it, it, it's kind of corny, but it's true. And it really happened to me. I was going down Falls Avenue. I was late. This is when the church was downtown and I was going down Falls Avenue and I was speeding I was going 45 in a 35. And I remember this little old lady in this pickup truck pulls out in front of me. And, you know, I can see her gray hair. And, you know, and she's going along. And I was mad because I was late and I slowed down and I was just, rah, rah, rah. Drivers, they couldn't drive like this in California. And I came down the dip, if you know where it's at, and I came up and there was a cop with his radar on. And I saw that, 
Isn't it funny how fast we can step on a brake when we see a cop? I'm lightning at it. I slammed on the brake, slowed down. Well, lady, we go past the cop. And now I'm going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that little old lady. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And God, like, said, what changed? What was the perspective? One minute you are angry at the very thing I used to keep you from getting a ticket. And I go, God, that's true. If it wasn't for the things in my life that I think you are, or somebody is, interfering with me, it's the very thing that protects us. You know, if you're not a Christian here this morning, you need to be, and here's why. You have no one that is protecting you. You are out there on your own. All I can say is good luck. Because you don't have to have luck. You can have protection, divine protection. You can have the Father watch over you. You know, I mean, God will take care of you. That's what's so good about our relationship with God. We're not saved to set, wait and sit on a pew, uh, you know, till, you know, the pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. God saved us for a reason. And that reason is because he loves you. And what he does is he surrounds us. The Bible talks about him surrounding us. We find it in the Old Testament. We find it in the New Testament in in, in so much that Paul says, we clothe ourselves with his righteousness. You put on his righteousness. That's what keeps me from getting into trouble. Now again, that heavenly view. God saw, saw, Mike, you need an an old lady in a pickup truck in your way. Sends it in. Isn't that great? I couldn't have done that. If you don't have a heavenly father, you're on your own, pal. You say, well, I don't understand all things going wrong in my life. I can tell you what it is. You haven't got anybody to watch after you. You know, the Bible says you're illegitimate. You're without a father. You're an orphan. Gosh, I don't want to be like that. I want to belong. Jesus says, come unto me. All you labored, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. How come Jesus knew people that aren't born again were laden and heavy laden? Why is that? Because he knew. You're carrying the weight yourself. So, they said, therefore, to Jesus, what is this that he says? A little while. We do not know what he's saying. And Jesus knew they desired to ask him. And he said to them, I I like this. Jesus knew they wanted to ask him a question. By the way, never feel shy to tell God or ask God things. I, I, I always, I, I remember, it was in church, and I remember this pastor, he, he said, he said, you know, God knows what you're thinking before you say it. I like that. And he said, you know, we go to God sometimes with pretenses, you know, oh God, thou art above all gods, one that lives beyond the sorry universe and beyond the stars, we beseech thee, oh God, today. and inside you're saying, God, I'm hurting. You know, God would much rather have you be honest and say, God, I'm hurting, than all the flowery uh, uh, 16th century King James English, oh, we can put into a prayer and somehow try to impress God. God's not impressed by pretense. He's impressed by honesty. Now, see, sometimes in the honesty is where, again, friends, this is where we really find Jesus face to face. And they knew, they were murmuring, murmuring among themselves. What does he mean by this? A little while, I mean, Jesus was speaking how he was going to die on the cross. 
He was going to be gone from them for a couple of days. Then he was going to come back to life. This is what he was talking about. So he says, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? Now, right there's the problem. You see the problem here? They were inquiring among themselves instead of going to God. You know, sometimes God is the very last person that we'll ask when we've got a problem. We'll go to every single person we can think of. Well, we'll go to, oh, you, know, every, you know, call all our friends. Well, he says, you're inquiring among yourselves what I said. A little while, you will not see me. And again, a little while, you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. This is speaking when Jesus died on the cross. But the world will rejoice. And the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the wicked people, they did when Jesus died. They thought he was gone. And when you will, you will be sorrowful, but in your sorrow will be turned to joy when they saw Jesus resurrected. A woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow because the hour has come, but as soon as she's given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy of that human being has been born into the world. You know, you think about that. And, um, talk to any lady that's had a baby. Oh man, I guess it's pretty painful. Um, that's why God had women have kids instead of guys. We couldn't handle it, guys. Well, he says... Therefore, you know, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And when your joy and and your joy, no one can take from you. Why? Because once you've established the fact in your life, you witnessed it. It doesn't go away. This this is why I, I really believe the Bible, because if you get Fox's Book of Martyrs, how all the apostles died. They were, they were, the question is, would you die for a lie? Hey, you know what? Jesus died on the cross. You know, he died and he's in a cave. Well, listen, let's overpower the Roman guards. We have to take a chance because if they catch us or kill us, they'll crucify us. Why, Why don't we take and we'll roll the stone back. Then we'll go in and we'll steal the body of Jesus and we'll haul him away, bury him out in the desert. And then we'll say to everybody, he rose from the dead. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. And then they capture you and they say, Jesus says he rose from the dead. What do you say? We're going to kill you. I'm not going to die for a lie. Yeah, me and my buddies, we stole and buried him out in the desert. Would you die for a lie? Fox's Book of Martyrs tells us how all the early church fathers and the apostles died. You wouldn't die for a lie. And so this is why he's saying that you have an obligation to know and that you would know and you would have joy because you know what you saw. You see him, you saw the sorrow. He was gone. By the way, the disciples, when Jesus was crucified, they were devastated. They'd left their businesses. They'd left their fishing businesses. Matthew Levi was a tax collector. He never could go back and get his job back. He deserted his post, uh, uh, collecting taxes, the receipt of customs going into the city of Jerusalem. And so he was done. All these guys were destitute. They were out of jobs. Plus they lost their leader. They lost the one they hoped would be the Messiah. Now Jesus comes back to life and their joy is full. They go, boy, that was a scary one. 
Well, he says, in that day, you will ask, you, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Now, again, this isn't carte blanche. We can go out and ask for lucky lotto numbers or things. But he's saying, whatever you feel is going to advance the kingdom, you ask God. God's going to do that. I like that. That's something God will do. And he'll do for you. Do for me. And these are the things that he says. He says, up until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. By the way, saints, really pray about what you need in your life. Pray. Just say, God, what... Show me what I need. You know, a lot of times I don't know what I need. So I ask God, God, what do I need? And God shows us this is the way he works. And then he goes on and he says this. These things I've spoken in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in a figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. Now, let me reread that. In the day that you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. You know, we have an advocate, the Bible says, the Father, which is Christ Jesus. So important when you realize that you have somebody that pleads your case before the Father. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and I have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father, and I have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. And his disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone would question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them and said, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, and has now come, that you will be scattered to each his own, and will leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that you may have peace in the world, and, and you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus is saying, it's coming now. Now, this was, these words were written right before Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He was captured by the Romans, and, and uh, everything seemed to fall apart on him. Jesus is saying, I'm telling you this beforehand so you won't be troubled, so you won't give up. Now, listen, Jesus has for every one of us things that we don't understand. You might be going out with somebody that's not a Christian. And you might feel the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. You, you, really, uh, you really need to break up in this relationship. And you say, but God, uh, I, I might not ever find anybody else ever again. Uh, God says, break up with them. And you break up with them only to find out that's what was holding you back because they didn't love God. There's a lot of things in our lives, friends, that the Holy Spirit will speak to. If God speaks to you concerning something, listen to him. He's got the best for you. 
If God puts something like a little old lady in a red pickup truck, and that's what color it was, in front of you, it's only to keep you from getting into trouble. Don't feel that God has shorted you by slowing you down. Don't feel that God has not been straight up with you because he didn't tell you everything. Friends, there's things that God could tell us we wouldn't believe anyway. You, you don't know how God's going to use your life in, a, in, in a, a month, a year, a day. So you just say, okay, God, I'm in you. And because of that, God puts his blessing around us. He puts his protection around us. And that's where we want to live. You know, Jesus died on the cross for us for a reason. And that was to reconcile us to the Father. That we could hear our Father's voice and we could be about his business. I like that. You know, in the uh, Peter, it says, by his stripes we're healed. And I, I look at that and I realize when Jesus was beat before he was crucified. He was beat so we could be healed. And friends, today there's a lot of healing that needs to go on. Sometimes it's our emotions. Sometimes it's our, 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 the way we think about things. Sometimes it's animosity against somebody. I, I just want to encourage you today as we have communion, as you hold that bread, that bread is for your healing. People oftentimes think a healing is only if you've got a cold, but healing in, treats every part of our being. We're very complex beings, if you haven't figured that out. That's why people have perfect health to jump off bridges. Why? Because there's something else wrong. Their soul is sick. See, that's what Jesus came to touch. That's what Jesus came to heal. This morning, if you need to be healed in some way, in your memories, in your dreams, and what I mean by that in things of the past that bother you, if, if, there's, if there's ability to love or to be loved, this is why Jesus did this. Do you know it's the only physical thing Jesus gave us to remember him by? I use this often, but it's not an 8 by 10 glossy in the back of the church hanging on a wall. It isn't by a bronze statue in front of the church. It's by a little simple dinner that was reminiscent of what happened when the children of Israel came out of Egypt in the Old Testament when they were completely delivered from the hand and the tyranny of Pharaoh. He provided a dinner for them. And this morning, that dinner is for every one of us. But you know, it's a meaningless commemorative act unless you're a Christian. That, that's why I'm saying you need a daddy. You need someone to take care of you. You say, but Mike, I've never had anybody take care of me. My dad ran off when I was a kid, and, and I've always had to fend for myself. My next question would be, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of that? Because you have a daddy in heaven that wants you. Paul says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We crawl up in his lap. That's the, that's the connotation of that word. It's like we crawl up in his lap, we put our arm around his neck, and we go, Daddy. That's the relationship. God, who created the stars and the cosmos and the atom and everything, wants to have with you. You know, that's a wonderful thing be able to have a relationship with someone that loves you, that's now going to take care of you. Jesus said, I, you're no longer orphans. You, you belong. I want to encourage you today, if you're not a Christian, that you can pray right now and ask God into your life. The Bible says he'll come in because the thing that keeps God out of our life is our rebellion. That, that's what we need to repent from. That's the sin part. I'm going to do what I think is best. But the problem is all we do is wreck our lives. 
You can gain the whole world, the Bible says, and lose your own soul. And what does it profit you? You still don't have that peace, that joy that's in your heart. That's what God wants to do. So Jesus spoke to the disciples. And he was telling them futuristically what was going to happen. You're going to be full of sorrow. Then you're, you're, you're going to be full of joy. You see, God tells us what's to come. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I want to invite you to repent and come to Christ and ask him to, to make your life what he wants it to be. And the Bible says, when you ask him, he will do that. It's a legal, it's a legal deal. Like signing the title on the transfer of a car, like the pink slip. That's what God does when we come to him. This morning, if you've never received Christ, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life. Forgive your sins. Adopt you. And now you're not fatherless. And then fill you with the Holy Spirit so you'll have power to be about your father's business. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I have lived my life apart from you. I never want to do that again. So I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so write my name now in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you. And God, make my life mean something here on this earth and in your kingdom to come. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Empower me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.